Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
platform. Uh, I am uh, an ex-professional bodybuilder. I retired back in 2018. And, um, you know, what I have done um, is secure a, just an amazing person to be able to specifically speak with about habits and about change and about transformation. You know, I think about Wealth and Wellness Wednesday. I think about the things that we do daily because we are creatures of habits. And we always have something that we're consciously doing, subconsciously doing, and unconsciously doing. And so I want to give you a little bit of background before we dig in with this interview with this amazing individual, which uh, to be named, but you'll hear in just a few minutes. Um, I come from a long list of pilots and aviation runs pretty deep in our family. Uh, my grandfather, first of all, started um, back in, I guess, the mid-1900s, it seems like, when he started flying for American Airlines, and um, he ended up retiring. And my father, who did not want to be a pilot, ended up wanting to do construction, also went into aviation. And after the Army, he worked for American Airlines. Why is this important to habits? Why is this important to wealth? And why is this important to wellness? Well, it has everything to tie into the logistics of what we went through as pilots. When I was growing up, I, um, I always wanted to fly and I always thought that that was the way to do it was to always father, uh, follow in your father's footsteps or in your family's footsteps. And so I was always curious and I asked him a lot of questions on why he chose what he did. And what was involved, you know, what were the benefits, what were the perks, what were the drawbacks? I was always interested and I was, I was always curious. And so I finally decided uh, when I was uh, 17 years old to commit to going to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign to go get my pilot's license and to work on my commercial uh, license to see if I could be a pilot. And what I learned very quickly was there is a lot of intricate detail and in things that go into that process. The reason why I bring up this process is because I think about how we have made a change in our life. And I think this can directly relate to a lot of the habits in the future that we want to create for ourselves that we aren't doing right now or that we're failing at miserably. And I'll be clear, it's okay to fail. When the risk goes up, the reward becomes greater, the planning becomes critical. And so I learned this very early on when I first started uh, my, quote, career uh, as, a, uh, as a student in training to become a pilot. I wanted that freedom to be able to fly anywhere in the world. I wanted to have control. I wanted to see what it was like to be at 40,000 feet controlling a $160 million aircraft that my father got to do. And he didn't think much of it. And then I started to dig into the planning. I started to learn little by little. You know, I took flights. It was scary at first. It was nerve-wracking. We had to do pre-flight. So here's what they always teach you when you're learning how to fly. You have to make sure that the aircraft is airworthy. And so they had a fleet of airplanes. And what we would do is we would be assigned in the morning to our airplane, and we would bring our logbook, and we would have a checklist that we would do. So we would walk around and visually inspect the aircraft of the leading edges of the wings. We would inspect the propeller. We would check the oil. We would check the gas tanks. 
we would check the quality of gas to see any water was in the bottom of the tanks because if you have too much water in the bottom of the tanks, you will stall and you will not have proper function of the engine. So you have to check all these things before you even take off. You also have to check to make sure that the ailerons work, the flaps, you know, you do all of your electrical systems and your vacuums and your pedos and, and every single thing needs to be checked. You cannot skip a step and you need to do them in order. And eventually you learn and wean off of that checklist to know exactly what the order is. And I found it fascinating when I, I got to fly for the first time by myself. So fast forward, you go through literally a year of training with an instructor. You prepare for the worst, meaning you stall in the air intentionally. You turn off your engine intentionally in the air. And then you have to do the checklist on the restart to make sure that you can you know, recover and make sure that you're always thinking of plan B, C, and D. And I think this is so uh, you know, fascinating for me when I was going through this. When I was 18 years old, it started to teach me responsibility. And it started to teach me the things that I didn't know and I needed to, to be able to use those skill sets later in life. I didn't know what it was preparing me for. And so being an 18-year-old who got a chance to fly an aircraft for the very first time by himself, my very first solo flight was Champaign-Urbana to Terre Haute, Indiana. And my instructor signed off. I was ready for my first solo. And I remember I was so nervous because I said, what if something happens? And I was prepared for it. I signed off. I mean, I was certified to take care of what goes wrong in the air. And I got a little confident. You know, I took off, no problem, was in the air, was kind of, you know, playing around out of controlled airspace. And I decided that my instructor, he taught me how to do what we call negative Gs. And it's like a parabola, right? When you go up really quickly and accelerate and you pull back on the yoke, you move up. And then what you do is when you move up and you start to slow down, you push the yoke forward really quickly. And what you do is you can actually float in the air. You can float things. And I thought it was so cool to be able to have him teach me that and see it. And what ended up happening was I got a little too confident and I pushed forward a little too hard and all of the fuel in the wings ended up moving from the bottom of the tank to the top for an extended period of time, which in turn stalled the engine. It happened. My very first solo flight, my engine stalled. And my first panic was I did something I shouldn't have done and now I need to fix it. And I needed to immediately correct it because as more time goes on, you start to look for places for emergency landing. You start to look at your airspeed to see how far you think you can go or what you can make. And so I did the checklist and thankfully I was able to get the engine restarted. And I made it to Terre Haute and I was probably the most scared out of my mind I've ever been in my life. When I landed the plane, I sat on the runway. I asked the tower if I could actually just sit and taxi off of the um, active runway, and I saw these F-16s that were about to take off. And I said, I think I need a second to, number one, recompose myself, but also reevaluate what I just did and make sure that I don't do that again. And I watched these F-16s take off, and it was routine for them. They have thousands of hours invested in their flight time, and that was what I believe prepared me for the worst 
and allowed me to work on plan B, C, D, if plan A didn't go according to plan. It allowed me to find solutions from that very moment. I'll never forget that experience. And I have to say, as we treat our bodies in that way, how are we preparing ourselves for the days, the weeks, the months? How are we physically taking care of ourselves? How are we mentally recharging? And what are we doing to make sure we can recognize the symptoms if something is not right? And so my guest today is Monica Ricci. And Monica is a, a huge avid proponent of Breakfast with Champions. As you all know, she is someone who is consistently in here pouring into others. And she has a story. And I know that we're going to have a part two on this interview. I do want to just dig in. And first of all, Monica, I want to welcome you. And I, I just thank you because I very much wanted to do this interview for over a month now. And uh, I would first of all just like to, uh, to really just jump in and, and just ask you the question. I think you had a why in your transformation. You have lost 60 pounds. You have done incredible things with your body physically. You have mental toughness that, you know, can be unmatched. So what was your why for making your transformation happen? Hello, champions and storm. Thank you for having me. Um, I, <laughs> I fell into this transformation accidentally and I didn't. I did not anticipate what would happen, that it would actually be a transformation. But I'll tell you the beginning of my why or the why that got me into it was that I did not like myself. I mean, that's really the nut of it, which is, as I'm sitting here today, is amazing for me to hear those words come out of my mouth. It's, it's shocking to me. But when I sit and think about it, that's the truth. That's the unvarnished uh, reality of it was I didn't like what I looked like. I didn't like what I felt like. And I was very discouraged about my future. That was, that was what started it all. That was the why it was, it was all about me. You know, you bring up that point, Monica, and, and we've heard it as children. And I think we hear it as adults. If you don't like it, change it. And, you know, we've had the privilege of interviewing uh, amazing individuals like Jen Rose, who has a very similar story. And she just said she just didn't like what she saw in the mirror. And, you know, I think a lot of times we can glance maybe, you know, in the morning and say, yeah, I just don't feel as good as I need to. Or we just get to a point where we've almost hit that wall and we're like, oh, man, something needs to change. So what was, I guess, the first what was the first step? In making that, I know you, you mentioned it happened by accident. When did you start to notice that difference in transformation after you made the commitment to change accidentally? I would say that I changed mentally very early on, on day 13. In fact, I'm thinking about writing a new keynote called Day 13. But I didn't see super-duper physical changes for probably a few months, I would say, of consistent effort. And then something happened in the, in the summer that really kind of propelled my progress, and I was able to see physical changes much more quickly. And I'll be happy to share that with you if you would like that piece of it as well. Um, but so it was, a, it was in phases, really. I changed in my head early, and then my body began to change and catch up to my head. And then my body really began to change, and then my head had to catch up again. 
So it's just been this interesting process of, um, of adapting to the new version that keeps showing up. It's, it's quite exciting, actually. I love that. And, you know, Monica, I think you're hitting some things that I think, uh, yeah, would love to go into that story. I would love to know what were some of the routines or what were some of the things that you changed? Did you wake up earlier? Did you do more cardio? Um, or did you get more active in your movement, I should say? I, I don't want to specifically nail it down to cardio. Um, or did you go to bed earlier or drink more water? What was the combination of habits that you slowly started to change to really kind of kick that? You know, I think about running at 7,000 RPMs in first gear. You can only go so fast. You're going to top out at probably 25, 30 miles an hour. When you shifted into second gear, what did you notice if you could maybe review when you didn't like yourself to now when you do like yourself, what were some of the habits that changed in your life to get there? Okay. The beginning was baby steps. Some of you have heard this before. I stumbled upon a Facebook challenge in December of 2018. And it was, it was a 12-day, 12-minutes workout. And that's it. So you would do 12 minutes a day, every day for 12 days. You take a sweaty selfie, and then you post your sweaty selfie to the Facebook group. Bam, that was it. And I saw that, and it just hit me at the right time. And this goes to the power of repetition, by the way. For all you marketing gurus who are in here, you know this is true. You could send that Facebook ad out or that Facebook challenge out 37 times, but the one time somebody needs to see it is the time they see it. But if you only send it out 36 times, they might not have seen it. So that's the power of repetition, first of all, in marketing, because I was ready to see it in that moment when I did. And I thought, well, shoot, even a loser like me can do 12 minutes <laughs> for, for 12 days. And that's such a sad thing to admit that I said about myself. But again, I'm just being transparent about it because that's what was true for me. And so I joined that challenge. I did my 12 days. I was so proud of myself for getting up at early in the morning. And I, yes, I did. I got 30 every morning. I did my 12 minutes of intense exercise. I posted my picture and on day 13 day 13 is when the big change happened in my mind because that was where I was met face to face with my own self that was where I had to decide am I going to continue to get up because nobody was counting on me these face these women that had joined the challenge with me were all in the Facebook group and we're all posting our selfies and we're excited and high-fiving each other virtually well day 13 guess what that Facebook group there was nobody there it was just me and myself and I. And I thought, well, who's going to show up for me now? It's got to be me. So that was the first transition was me shifting into I'm on my own here. Am I going to do it or am I not? The second transition was when I began to stay consistent and actually see results. And that's so powerful, so powerful, because our physical results then create that mental desire to keep doing what gave us the results in the first place. So it's this beautiful upward spiral of power and confidence that shows up. And then the third piece was when I consulted with uh, my first, my very first fitness mentor, who I will forever be indebted to, who explained to me the vital importance of the food I was eating and what I was missing. And when I got my food right, blam, rocket fuel. That was when everything else changed. And that's when my body really started to build muscle and completely recomposition itself. That, 
you, you hit the food portion. And, you know, I, there was something I want to back up on and just touch on this point, too. You said after day 13, you could see it. You know, they say it takes anywhere between 12 to 21 days to form a habit. And a lot of times, if we stay consistent with it, we don't see ourselves being able to do something every single day for 365 days a year. But we can see ourselves doing something for the first 12 to 20. And the reason why I think, Monica, that's so inspirational and so powerful is because today is the first day of the rest of your life. And it matters what you do today, not tomorrow, right? Because tomorrow is going to depend on what you're doing right now. And a lot of people say, I'll wait until tomorrow, and they wake up, and they say, I'll do it again tomorrow, or I'll do it then. I don't have time. I can't do it because dot, dot, dot. We talk ourselves in and out of it. When you started to see the physical portion, the mental portion started to show up, and then you had that conversation with your mentor. You know, I, I like to call something what I call the ugly duckling syndrome. We're so critical of ourselves, that we can criticize our voice on how we sound on an audio app. We're so critical on what we see in the mirror when everyone else surrounds us, you know, tells us, oh, you look great. Oh, man, how did you get in the shape that you are? And you're looking at the thing that you want to fix. You're focused and fixated on the things that you feel are not perfect. And I've run into that situation. And here's what I call the ugly duckling syndrome. I remember competing. And waking up three weeks before the Hawaii Pro that I was set to go to, and I almost gave it up. I almost just looked at myself and said, there is no way I can go against these other professionals. They're bigger than I am. They're better than I am. They look incredible, and they're more conditioned. And I remember having that point where I needed to make the choice. Well, I've come this far. I might not look like what I want to in the mirror, but my coach, I believe, and I trust, and I have faith in him. So for you, the reason why I bring that story up, Monica, and we're going to open it up for questions here shortly and, and just comments. Uh, so for those of you who want to chime in and ask Monica something, we would love to have that. You're a transformation coach. You're an inspiration to so many. You impact positively and daily people who didn't think they could do something, yet you give them the encouragement and the accountability just to take that next step. You said you take baby steps, and that's exactly what this is all about. This doesn't have to be something that overwhelms us to paralyze us to taking no action. So what would you say to inspire? And I know everyone's different. Someone who's just starting, what are some of the ways that you would encourage people and really find a way in? Do you have a formula? Is it different for everyone? What are some of the things that you find when they get to a sticking point, you're able to get them through that point? There is to some degree a formula, um, but people do have different motivations for sure and, and different things that they respond to. I would say one of the most important things in habit changing, whether it's your health, your relationships, whatever it is you want to do differently, one of the most important things that you're going to want to do is you're going to have to know how to get there. Like you're going to have to figure out whether it's by yourself, with research, with a coach, specific things. You, you can't be vague when you want to change habits. So much of what we do every day is unconscious. We just go through the actions. I mean, I, I've literally been in the shower before. I'm sure anyone on the call, I've been in the shower before and just been, it's so automatic the way you do your shower. I've gone in my head, did I wash my hair? 
I've been in here. I don't even know if I washed my hair because it ever so much of our behavior is habituated. So you have to begin to take specific action steps. That's why the 12 minutes, 12 days was because left to our own devices. If someone just said, Hey, just work out 12 minutes for 12 days and check in with me. How many think would have done that? Probably nobody or very few, but she gave us very specific actions to do. I don't know if we lost you, but I have to point this out. You mentioned 12 minutes for 12 days, and you started to see that number Come. actually realize. It was the 13th day when you saw the change. And so, you know, I think two weeks, right? We can do anything for two weeks, and that's 14 days with the, uh, with the Sunday involved with the whole week. And I think about what you accomplished just by getting that simply, um, I, I guess it's, it's almost like embarrassingly simple, right? Everybody has 12 minutes for 12 days if you wanted to start something today. The question is, will you make that a priority? Will you wake up 12 minutes earlier? Will you cut something out you know, during the day that might not serve you, that you can fill your schedule up with something that will? So for you, um, if I were to ask you, and this is the last question, Monica, before we open it up, what would be the one thing, if you were to say where you're at now, where do you want to see yourself next year? Or where do you want to see yourself in five years? And I think we just lost her. So uh, with that, let's see if we can get her uh, back in. And so I'll re-ask the question, Monica, and I hope that you are here. Where do you see yourself? You are at an amazing point in your life right now. Where do you see yourself next year? Thank you. I don't know what happened. Um, I see myself next year playing a much, much bigger version of the game I've already started. And what I mean by that is being even more centered, more powerful, and more of myself in a personal sense, but also extending my reach and being able to impact so many more people in a year. Because I know, God bless America, I know how frustrated I was in the middle of my life. I was 53 when I started this journey. And I know that frustration. I get it. I lived it. I felt it. And it breaks my heart to see people who are so frustrated, who are just missing a couple pieces, just a couple pieces. And that's why I'm so excited about the idea of being able to impact other people. Because let's face it, when you find something you love that works for you, that makes you feel super powerful and confident and happy, you want to tell people, just like you want to tell people about that great new restaurant you found. You want to tell people, like, you're not that far away. If I did this, you can do this. This is not something that you have to be superhuman or smart or anything. You just have to hang in there, have a plan, and follow the plan. Oh, amazing, Monica. I want to use this word that I think encapsulates what you just said. And the word is hope. You know, I think about the word hope. It's a four-letter word, and you could attach the next couple letters. It can change the entire meaning of this word. Hopeless or hopeful? Hopeless or hopeful? And you're hopeful about your future. That's why I asked you that future-pacing question. I believe that there's something to it where if you're looking at yourself a year from now better in a year than where you are now, that means you are moving in the right direction and you will continue to take the actions that get you there.
If you feel hopeless, you don't see much of a future in a year. You see yourself less next year than you were now. And so that's an easy thing to fix. If you ever heard of Tony Robbins, he says, how fast can you change your state? Just like that. It's a snap of a finger. And you have the right mindset. And I think everything about wealth, everything about wellness, I think about these two things as being a direct correlation as to a healthy, building, positive, hopeful mindset. Monica, I have to thank you. I, I, I so love the fact that we got a chance to do this. And um, I think we have a lot more um, you know, to hear from you and your story and what you're giving to people because you are influencing people at the highest level. And you have built a career doing it because of what you chose personally to do for yourself. And your results speak for the actions that you decided to take. And so I just want to thank you and uh, really enjoyed hearing from you and, and just, you know, listening to those little things that maybe people didn't get a chance to hear. I'm going to be reviewing this so I can go back and actually write more down than what we just talked about. So just for the last few minutes before we pass it over to Tamara and before we reset, would love to open it up for any comments and I'll look for mic flashes, questions, or uh, just pouring back into Monica or what you heard that might make a big difference. So Kim, I will start with you. Would love to hear. Thank you very much. This is Kim. Thank you, Storm. And thank you very much, uh, Monica. Sorry for the background noise. Let me, let me step in a different room. Yeah, I'm so grateful for what you share. And you start when you're 53. So that is very inspir inspirational. I'm so grateful. So my question for you is when your coach telling you about the diet, I would love to know the secret about the diet. Can you share about that? Thank you very much. Kim, that's so funny because this is the one thing that I think if every person sitting here listening will just hear me on and you do nothing else that you will be amazed at what your body does. Most people, and I'm going to say 100% of my health coaching clients come to me and when we review what they're eating, most people are under-proteined in America and other countries. We are eating far too little protein. We're not taught about it. We're taught about what not to eat. We're taught about don't eat this, don't eat that, blah, blah, blah. But they don't tell you how much protein you need. And the, um, the guidelines, let's just say the guidelines, are woefully inadequate. We know science will show that your body will release body fat if it has adequate protein, even if you don't add any exercise, your body will release body fat. Storm, what are your thoughts on that? I'm so passionate about this topic, I can't even tell you. That was a perfect question, Kim. It really was, and I 100% agree, Monica. Protein is the source for your muscle, and whether you build it or whether you lose it. And I think that if people research that one thing, it's a game changer. So, um, you know, Kim, I thank you for that question. And, and does that help serve you a little bit before we turn it back over to, uh, to Tamara? Yeah, thank you. Uh, follow up with that. What, how much protein do we need a day? Because for me, I'm confused with all kind of coaches that I have. You know, okay. some people say no sugar, no carb. It, it's just really confusing out there. Thank you. Okay. We don't have time, unfortunately. I wish we did to go into all the macros, but here's what I'll give you as a very, very, very basic guideline. 
0.8 grams of protein per pound of desired body weight is a very simple roundabout way to give yourself a good target. I'll say it again, 0.8 grams of protein per pound of desired body weight is your daily goal. You're, well, anyone is welcome to DM me if you if you would like to go a little deeper, but I don't want to be um, inconsiderate to Tamara and her time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. I'll DM you. And I think this will be a part two, Monica. I think we can dig into the meat and potatoes if uh, you would uh, like to be back, and I think that we can really give the goods. So um, you said meat and potatoes. <laughs> Uh, I didn't mean meat, but okay, yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> we have to, uh, we have to joke sometimes, but I, I do want to. And Monica, I just want to thank you so much for your time. I thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.